0: Can anybody remember what I spoke about four weeks ago? (laughs) Man on a mission. Remember that? Or a woman on a mission. Spoke about man on a mission, and there's some things I I knew that I spoke about in that talk that I want to just expand on a bit more, and we're going to look at that today. We've been just exploring this whole area of being on mission, what it means to be on mission mission because we believe as God's people that we partner with God in his redemptive mission in this world and that's that's who we are that's us as a people as a church in the local in context but the church world worldwide we partner with God in his redemptive mission to the world so what does it mean being on mission and I I use those words man on a mission and if you remember Uh, The the meaning of that, you often may have heard it. Oh, he's a man on a mission, or he's a woman on a mission. And that can have positive, um, it can be a positive thing, that they're dedicated on a mission, or it can be a negative thing, or that person's on a mission and they have no regard for anybody else. So, but I want to use it in a positive way, that we are men and women on a mission. So what does it mean being on mission? As I said, I spoke about four weeks ago on this. And then the following week, we had um, Stuart Blount came. And um, he was here visiting Violet. And um, he came and spoke to us. Um, and his, he talks about what it means to be on a personal mission. If you remember, he, he talked from Matthew 28 about the Great Commission. And he pulled out three things in, in drawing that talk about that we need to be living with your eyes open. If we're on mission need to be living with our eyes open. Uh, we need to be living with our hearts open. And we need to be living with our will open. So so when we're out and about doing the things that we do, whether we're working or whether we're not working, whether we're we're, we're playing or we're doing sport, whatever we're doing, drinking coffee, eating food, doing the shopping, whatever we do, we need to live with our eyes open. We need to live with our eyes open. Because there will be plenty of opportunities for us to be on mission by sharing the joy and the love and the kindness that we've been shown by Jesus as it reflects us in our lives so live with our eyes open live with our hearts open you know what is holy spirit saying to us as we do the things that we do and living with our will open that we will be willing to be on mission And the week after that, Dan came and sort of expanded more from the Great Commission and talked about the great obedience, Dan, and the great obedience. And in fact, that if we want to be on mission, we we need to be obedient. Because Jesus told us to go into the world and teach people to be obedient to his word in in Matthew. So in order for us to do that, we have to be obedient as well. So what did that look like? As we teach others how to be obedient, we need to know what it means to obey as well and then John spoke to us last week about a new life about the analogy of the of a new phone do you remember if you were here that when we get a new phone and a great analogy that was about the new life that we have the old life has gone the old life has gone but a new life has begun Sometimes we cling on to the old way of doing things, and like the phone, we maybe pull things from the old phone to put on the new phone, which we probably never use ever. You know that type of thing. The truth is that we are new creations. We're not a remake of something. We're not a, a rehash of something. We are a new creation. We are brand new. We are brand new, and new life has begun. So this whole idea of being on mission, I want to expand on something today which, is, um, which I think is really important. Because I asked the question, one of the things I asked about being a man or a woman on a mission, I asked this question if you remember. What is it that stops us being on mission? Or what is it that makes us give up on mission? Because if we are to be true disciples of Jesus, Jesus told us to go, didn't he? He told us to go on this mission of sharing the good news of the gospel, that Jesus came, he died for us. And so the question I ask is, why do I not do it sometimes? Why am I not on mission sometimes? Why do I forget the mission? So I want to explore that a bit today because I think it's really important for us. One of the reasons that I gave for not being on mission or stopping being on mission is that we try to do mission on our own. And I shared a personal personal story about me, and I, I discovered a few years ago that I did things on my own. I didn't include others in what I did. And maybe you're like that yourself. For me, it was because of things that happened in my life, tragedies that happened in my life, that I became very much, I'm doing this on my own. I am this negative version of I'm a man on a mission. So often we try and mission on our own. I think in order for there to be continuity, in order for there to be stability, we need to mission together. We need to mission together. Luke 10, verse 1. Let's read this. Luke 10, verse 1 says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them on ahead in pairs into towns and villages. Jesus knew the importance of us being on mission together. And so he, he, in his wisdom, sent his disciples as he sends us out in pairs. Mark 6, verse 7, says this, the last part of verse 6, Then Jesus went out from village to village teaching. And he called his 12 disciples together and sent them out two by two. So we see from Scripture the importance of us missioning together. So I ask the question together, who are you on mission with? Who are you on mission with? You know, we come here on a Sunday to um, worship together, to meet each other and encourage one another, as we're told in Scripture, to never give up. Meeting together, encouraging other, we worship one another, we, wor- we don't worship one another, do we? we? We worship, we worship God together, and in that we, 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 we get the encouragement and the um, power to go and be sent again into wherever we are, into our marketplace, wherever we are. And that's so important. So I asked the question of, who are you on mission with? Do you share the mission with somebody? Maybe you go for a walk and pray with a friend. Or maybe you meet up for coffee, talk about the mission, talk about things, or pray together. I could list so many things. Are you, as Stuart, encouraged us, living with your eyes wide open? Because you see... Carrying on in Luke 10, verse 2 says this. These were his instructions to them. So this Jesus sent them out in pairs to all the towns and villages he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is so great, but the workers are so few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out more workers for his fields. You see, it's so important that we Go out in twos, in threes, in fours, whatever it is. It's not limited to pairs. The idea is that we are to mission together because the harvest is what? It's plentiful. It is plentiful. And I want to encourage us to mission together. I was watching a really interesting documentary yesterday, and it's called How to Live to 100. I don't know whether you've seen this. It's on Netflix. It's really worth a watch, actually, if you, if you have that. Um, How to Live to 100. And it's, it's by this guy called Dan. He's been spending the last 20 years traveling the world um, to these particular places around the world where people are living longer. There's more longevity in their lives. He calls them blue zones or blue places. And he's he's, he's asking them the questions and seeing and observing what they're doing. What is it? So, you know, this one place, the first episode, was an island in Japan called Okinawa. Okinawa. And on this island, it's, it's one of the places in the world where they have the most centenarians, People living to way over 100, and and quite a high percentage of the people are living that age, living to that age, or into their late 90s. So, what is it about this place and what they do um, that is different? And the reason I'm talking about this is because one of the things that he discovered, and I think we've probably heard this before, that longevity in their lives is because they are in community with one another. They are together in what they do. This, this, on this island, they have started this... Um, they do this thing called MOAIS. I think it's oh, uh, M-O-A-I-S. And what it basically is, is that they, organ- they, they organize these groups of people. So maybe it's eight or nine, ten people. And they meet together every day in their house. They share their money they talk together. They sing together. They dance together. Does this all sound familiar to you? <laughs> Maybe Acts 2, 42? It did to me when I heard it. And th- this is not a, a spiritual thing. It's not a, They're not disciples of Jesus. But they are coming together, and they meet together. So one example of, of this mice is the lady was saying that one of the one of their friends in, in their group, is in hospital. So they, they bring their, all their money together. There's no NHS there. And so they put all their money in together to pay for this lady to have her hospital fees paid. But what this man has discovered is that this is the same in all the places that he's looked at this community. In fact, he calls it faith that they have faith, whether it's Christian, whatever religion it is, they have this faith. And so I I was so intrigued with this, because I was talking about today, missioning together, how important it is to mission together. To have the longevity in in not giving up on mission, we need to do it together. And there's power in that together. Another thing that um, he noticed about this community of people is they... Had each and every one of the ones that live beyond a hundred, they have this ikai. They call it ikai. I k i g a i. And what that means is they had purpose. They had an ikai. So one man, he he would make instruments. That's what he did, and he would spend his time free time when he's not working. Or well, they don't actually think about retirement in this in this place. They just they just live. And um and they make these he makes these instruments. Another lady, it was sewing. She sewed. Another um person was they they sung and they danced. That was their iggy. Eye. And I think about us and what's our iggy, eye, you know? Maybe it's creative. We need to be creative because we have been created by a creator. But we have purpose. We have a a common purpose. We have this common igiai, if you like, and that's Jesus. We have the hope in him. So let's mission together. So that's one reason I think maybe we um, maybe stop being on mission. Maybe another reason is we quite simply or not simply say, it's too hard. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's too hard. You can do it but I can't, I, I'm, I'm too afraid, or, or I, I don't know what to do, all those t- those kinds of things. I haven't got enough time. I think about those type of reasons why we're not on mission, and ask my question, is it really too hard? Is it really? Is it really too hard to be salt and light? I think if Jesus sent us out to do it, and he tells us that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to do it, then it's probably not as hard as we think it is. Do we really think we can't do it? Are we really that busy? Of course, I could counter all of those reasons with Scripture. But I think all of us here know the Scripture. We know the truth. And we know it makes a difference. So maybe the reason why we don't explore this more, why we don't, when we're not on mission more, is not only because we're trying to do it on our own or whether we think it's too hard. It's about us. It's about our self-worth, what we think about ourselves. I, I, had, this, I, I had this song going round and round in my head by Taylor Swift. <laughs> have you heard of Taylor Swift? I, I, I'm pretty sure you must have. He's one of the biggest pop artists in the world. And her latest song is called "Anti-Hero." I don't know if you've heard it. It's been on the radio a lot. And it's quite an uh, interesting song, this song by Taylor Swift, called "Anti-Hero." And for me, I'm interested in what popular music, what they're singing about, um, as someone who is called to as, as someone who's called to the world, I, I like to know. What society is thinking and what's happening for them and this song for me is very indicative of what's going on in our society today it gives us a glimpse into maybe why we find it hard times hard to be on mission for me it's a modern day analysis of society in some ways it is actually a very brutally honest song um, about herself she wrote it herself and it's about herself. And I'm not going to dissect the whole song, but I just want to mention the chorus. The chorus says this. It's me. I'm the problem. Everybody agrees. It's me. I'm the problem. Everyone agrees. Everybody agrees. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. You see in relation to what I'm talking about today and what I'm asking and what I want to explore and understand in some way to enable us and to help us to be on mission together, is maybe we think it's me. I'm the problem. If we think we're the problem, if we think we're worth nothing, then we're not going to find the mission that easy or even attempt it. And of course, those words are a lie. Those words are a lie. It's not you. You're not the problem. In fact, you're the opposite. We're the opposite. We're the answer. We are the answer because we discovered Christ and Christ has come into our lives and taken over our lives, we're now followers of him. And as followers of him on his mission, as we partner with him, on his mission to the world, we have everything we need to enable us to be on mission. We have the power of the Holy Spirit within us to be able to share the good news of the gospel. And that can look in like so many things as we've been talking about I mentioned, I read this last week, and I want to read it again from Titus chapter 3, verse 4, because this is amazing, incredible. We know the truth, but I want to say it anyway. Verse 4 says this of chapter 3, But then God, our Savior, showed us his kindness and love. He saved us not because of the good things we did, But because of his mercy, he washed us away. He washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us because of what Jesus Christ, our Savior, did. He declared us not guilty because of his great kindness. And now we know that we will inherit eternal life. You see, it's not me. I'm not the problem. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the answer. And in his love and in his kindness, he saved us, not because of what we can do. He saved us because of his mercy. And we are living testimonies of that, that the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon our lives And now we inherit this eternal life. That is the gospel. That is the truth that our sins have gone. The old life has gone. The new life has begun. You see, I really want to get to the bottom of this issue of of missioning. That I want to be someone who missions together with you, with others. I want to be on mission. and I am on mission. I've... And over my many years, I've shared the love of God. I've seen many people come to Christ. I've shared my faith with people. But there are times when I haven't. And that's the question that I'm asking today. And I believe this is an ongoing narrative that we should have. And it can't be answered in one talk. It's a conversation we need to keep having. To encourage one another, as Paul told us in Hebrews, to keep on going. So now to what John shared us last week, in two Corinthians five verse fourteen. John, this verse has bugged me all week. In fact, we talked about it in life group, didn't we? This week, two Corinthians five fourteen says, in, in my version, New Living Translation, the, the first edition, whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. The message version says it's slightly different. It says this, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. So what do you think about that statement that Paul says there? That whatever we do, it is because Christ's love controls us. What do you think about that? Tell me. What do you think about it? Karen? Um, God is love and if we are in him then that's what he wants us to teach us is to love everybody. Yeah. Which so is quite hard, but we can do it with us. Yeah. Yeah. That's good, isn't it? Like I said, it's a challenge. But if it's true, then whatever we do, whatever we do, Christ's love controls us. Christ's love is the reason why we do that. Maybe the word control is, is the bit that bugs me. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry? Mm-hmm. Surrendered. Yeah, we, we we surrendered to his love. So that his love controls us in a good way. Because obviously we often have control as a negative word. Um, yeah, Emma. My, um, I uh, urges us on, yeah, I've got that at the bottom yeah. of mine, yeah. No, so that's a bit better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's a bit better. Yeah. But I think I can understand that word control and and these are the things that I I intrigues me in the word, you know. And hopefully it does with you. That we don't just listen to the words, or just don't read the words. That we, we want to know more what is happening. Mm-hmm. Yes, Linda. Mm. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing that bugs. Yes, that's the reality. Yes. Exactly, and, and there's links here to what I was saying about Taylor Swift's song, about society, you know, and she's, being, she's degrading herself, but this is a battle that we live with all the time in our society that is all about me and how I feel and what I want to be and what I want to be known as, and, and that is society today. It's very, uh, we're a very selfish society. It's about me and what I want Whereas when we read scripture, it should be Christ's love that controls us. And it does control us. And is it is Christ's love the first and last word in everything that you do? It is a challenge. And that's the journey we're on. And I want to encourage you to do that. And that's why it's important that we mission together, because we can encourage one another in that. I know when we meet together as a life group, and and as other life groups meet, it's so encouraging that we come around the word and we encourage one another, and we pray with one another. Maybe we should be like the Japanese people and and sing and dance together, maybe. John, you, you want to do that this week? <laughs> yeah, Christ's love has moved. I love what the other way, other way of looking at it that. Um, the message says, Christ's love has moved me to such extremes. His love has the first and last word in everything we do. And I feel that this is, is, is one of the answers to us not giving up on the mission, is that we remember why we're doing it. We've talked about this before. We're doing it because of Christ's love for us, because of his kindness for us, because of his mercy on he washed away our sins and gave us a new life. He gave us a new life. I want to finish with a well-known passage that for me sort of sums up some of the things we've been talking about today. You'll notice that I haven't really given you all the answers today because I want us to be inquisitive. I want us to ask each other well, what do you think about that? What do you think that means? Whatever we do, it's because Christ's love controls us. What what have you learnt? Like this, this documentary, man, what have you learnt about longevity in your life? What have you learned about longevity in the mission? But Romans 12, verse 1 says this, and we know this passage so well. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. To give your bodies to God. Surrendering. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will accept. You see, we have this new body, this new life, but we've got to surrender it to God. Give it to him as a sacrifice in obedience, as we talked about. When you think of what he has done for you, Is this too much to ask? And we thought about what Christ has done with us and reminded ourselves in Titus 3. Is it too much to ask to give our all? Verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world that it's all about me. Don't copy that. That's not us. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think be transformed the version say by changing the way you think and that's kind of what i'm trying to do this morning for us to think differently to understand that we have all been called to be on mission together be transformed, be changed. It says this, don't copy the behavior, but let God transform you into a new person by the change in the way you think. Then you will know what God wants you to do. Ever wonder what God wants you to do? I think the answer is here. And you will know how good and pleasing and perfect his will really is. Verse 3 says, as God's messenger. So there we are, we're told again, we are his messengers. We have been sent to go. We have been sent to be on mission. We are his messengers. We are co-partnering with him in his redemptive mission to the world, as I keep on saying, but I'll keep on saying it. As God's messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body and each of us has different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other and each of us needs all the others there's not a declaration, if there's not uh, something to help us understand that we need to be missioning together, then this verse tells us, this passage tells us that we are all one body but we're all different. My personal mission may be different to yours but we're all part of the mission to partner with God and His mission, this this redemptive mission is all about redemption, isn't it? Being redeemed and coming back to God, through Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, with those words in mind, with that in mind, let's mission together. Let's do life together. You know I was going to say it, didn't you? But let's do more than life together. Let's mission together. Let's live and breathe. Holy Spirit you know, as as Paul writes to the Romans there, let God transform you into a new person. Think about what he has done for you. I love to think about what Christ has done for me. It brings me back. It levels me. It takes me away from thinking about me and thinking about the bigger thing, that we have been called to share the love of God, the love of Christ, and the power of Holy Spirit with others, and that we can all do it. What is it that Ellen says with her ten fingers? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because we can. I can do all things. So you can, and together we can. We are one body, different parts, different things that we do, different places that we go. But we're all one body. So let's mission together. Let's pray. Father, you are so amazing, so incredible. And in your great love and in your great kindness, through Jesus, we now have this new life through Holy Spirit. And we thank you, Lord, that you have generously poured out your Spirit upon us. And because of what you have done for us, because of your love that controls us, I pray that each and every one of us would be these people that mission together. That we won't be a man singular or a woman singular on a mission, but that together we will be people on mission. So I thank you, Lord, that you give us the ability and the power to do this. And I pray, Lord, as we discover new things and understand new things, we understand fully that, that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. But you've called us and you've sent us as your messengers to go and spread that good news. Whether it's here in our own town, whether it's in, a na- in our nation, whether it's in other nations, whether it's to the ends of the world, we have all been called to share your good news of your gospel. So I thank you for this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.